got time for a quick story. Peter Noon is a character. He's a he's a fun guy uh, to, to watch on stage, to see on TV, to talk to in an interview. Peter Noon, lead singer of Herman's Hermits when they had all those big hits in the 1960s. And he has continued his career all the way up to this day. Well, I have been fortunate to have a couple interviews with Peter Noon. And in this edition of Got Time for a Quick Story, I'm going to play both of them. One from before I started this podcast. The first interview you're going to hear is from February of 2016 when he had a performance in Eau Claire at the old State Theater, Eau Claire Regional Arts Center, and talked about his music, his career. And the second interview you're going to hear is from December of 2021, right before this edition of the podcast is released. This episode is released talking about his return to Eau Claire at the new Pablo Center to perform an old English Christmas. We talk about Christmas music and Christmas traditions, both fun interviews. Let's start with the one from February 2016 with Peter Noon. Well, we're talking with Peter Noon of Hermit's Hermit, starring Peter Noon, who you're going to see at the State Theater in downtown Eau Claire, the Eau Claire Regional Arts Center, Thursday, February 25th, 7.30 p.m. is the show. Well, first question, Peter, have you been to the Eau Claire area Chippewa Valley before? Yes, I have, actually. And, you know, in my school, we talked about Chippewa Falls, which is really strange, you know. And uh, So I know the area pretty well. I'm, I was a train spotter when I was a kid as well as being a rock and roll fan. So I knew about Chippewa Falls, and I knew about Altoona, Pennsylvania, and all that railroad stuff. And I came there once, and I played... I think I played hockey there one time. I'm not quite sure. In the old Claire hockey place. So, you know, I'm, I love Wisconsin, because I think Herman Summits... You know, I'm Herman from Herman Summits, as well as Peterman. So Herman Summits, when we used to tour... Wisconsin was one of always, we had the most fans of, in Wisconsin of any state. Fascinating. Um, and, and gosh, we, well, actually, you mentioned hockey. We're having the hockey playoffs starting around our high schools right now, so you're going to come right in time for probably all the, all the big hockey stuff. So we might be able to squeeze in some time at the arena if you're really looking to, to lace them up. I'll, I'll head over there anyway in, my, in the daytime just to watch people so I can show off that I can skate backwards. Very nice. The English people can skate backwards. Most English people can do a pirouette, but not skate backwards. Interesting. I, I would have to try that myself, but uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you do that. Hey, what is your, what is maybe the most favorite thing you like besides the fans liking the, the music about Wisconsin, even here in the Chippewa Valley in western Wisconsin? What, what do you like when you come back to this area? Well, it's, it's a bit like England, you know, a little bit. You know, it's green and people working and people going to work and farms and stuff like that. I enjoy, I enjoy um, that part of civilization. You know, I'm, I'm not just a musician, I'm a cultural anthropologist. So wherever I go, I mean, I know the mall there in Eau Claire and I, the Rosemont one, you know, and I know my way around the town and I just go, you know, I just wander around all day and look at things. I'm kind of... Um, interested in all kinds of stuff so i'm never bored on the road you know what i mean there's always lots of stuff to do and what's interesting about our area is we're building i don't know if any of the people with the with the eau claire regional arts center mentioned but we're building a new arts theater it's we're going to break ground this summer it's going to be ready in a, in probably about two and a half years and it's like a couple blocks away from the state theater you're going to see when you get there you're going to see this big new 
like apartment dormitory structure that's being built, and then it's kind of nearby that by the river we're going to build this up. So if you come back in a few years, it's going to look even different. So do walk around. You're going to be fascinated by what you see. Yeah, well, I, I do expect to come back. You know, I, I do get to go. Most places I play, they're, they're, they're one, they go, oh, how wonderful. Can you come back? And I say, well, not next year, but the year afterwards. So I'll come back when this, I hope I come back before it's finished. Perfect. Get a squeezy into the state. Wait that long. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. All right. Now, what, what can we expect in this show? What songs are you doing? Uh, I won't ask what surprises you got because that kind of defeats the purpose of a calling it a surprise. But what are you going to do that's really going to stand out to the audience? Well, you know, we're Herman's Hermit Star and Peter Newton, so we do all the Herman's Hermit songs that are required. But we don't have a, a set list. Um, so always. Henry VIII and Mrs. Brown and there's a kind of hush and I'm into something good and wonderful world and listen people and silhouettes and just a little bit better. All those songs, all the 20 hits are in the show, but we don't know where they may pop up. And we also do a monkey song and a, and a Johnny Cash song uh, and, a, and, a Mick, and a Rolling Stones song and depending on the audience and a Tom Jones song. It just depends how the audience is reacting to stuff. What works I stay with and... and you know, I've been doing it a long time. I'm pretty good at it now. And going back to the mid-60s of those performances, one of our ticket winners, this is a true story, last week I started giving away tickets for the show here on our radio station, and the winner would, said, oh my gosh, first concert was Herman's Hermits back in the mid-60s, and I get to go again and get to see them. And it struck me, I went, so how has the show evolved and how has performing live evolved? I mean, obviously it has, but... How can you speak to it, compare those shows in the mid-60s to today? Well, you know, first of all, the sound and the lights are much better. You know, I think when we played in, in Eau Claire in the 60s, we probably had our PA system sitting on a chair on either side of the, the stage. Now there's wonderful lights and wonderful seats, and you know, it's pretty, it pretty high-school gymnasium in the 60s. You know, even the Beatles. So now, obviously, it's a much better... Hey, Herman's Hermit's Performing Arts Center, that says it all, doesn't it? So, <laughs> so, you know, it's a much better experience for the audience now. You can hear and see better, and, and we play the songs better because we've had 50 years of experience at playing them. We try to, we do everything in the same key as the original recordings, which keeps me on my toes, but, and there isn't a set list which keeps the Hermits uh, looking enthusiastic, even if it is perhaps uh, fear. <laughs> well, which song do you most enjoy? singing i like any song that the audience joins in on you know sometimes i look in the audience and i'm doing a song called the end of the world and i see people hold hands and i see there's a kind of hush and i see people connect to each other because maybe it was the song from their wedding uh, and you know i start with i'm into something good i always start with that because it sort of gets me in the mood for being herman you know because i was 16 when i recorded it so it means kind of a lot and it got me out of school that's a really good point. I, I wish I could have aspired to that when I was 16. What song do you think gets the best audience reaction? Probably I'm Henry VIII, I am. Which is kind of un unkind, really, because they sing it, but they're not. I'm Henry VIII, I am, and you're not. But they still sing it as if they are. <laughs> and I have allowed that. It's a sort of... Um, a bit of a Stanislavski moment for the audience when they, they do a bit of method acting. <laughs> I like that. You know, don't intellectualize a song that is about nothing. <laughs> 
I was I, I got almost got to check this out there, see how they all respond this way. Now, if you could perform any song and not think about what the audience wants, any kind of any labeling or whatever, and you could just go out and sing five, ten songs of your choosing because you like them. Do you have some of those? I'm not saying list off five or ten, but maybe you got them. What songs oh, would you do? I like I'm into something good. I like Wonderful World. You know, don't know much about history. Sing that one. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Bambi, which is a Herman Hermit song. I like There's a Kind of Hush. I like Henry VIII. I love Mrs. Brown. You've got a lovely daughter. I mean, I love that one. Um, you know, he should have, probably should be Mrs. Brown. He's got a lovely granddaughter now, but what can you do? <laughs> and I like silhouettes, you know, took a walk and past your house late last night. I like that one. I like just a little bit better because it's kind of got a rocking guitar. And like, can't you hear my heartbeat because it was number one in America and the Philippines. Okay, very good. Uh, speaking of music, do you have any musical projects you're working on? Anything studio-wise or a different performance? Something back into theater or something on television, movies? What What do you have next besides, or is it or is it primarily touring that you're doing? Well, we're doing 140 concerts this year. That keeps me busy. But I also got a, an infomercial called The British Invasion, which has got the Stones, the Beatles, Herman Simpson, so it's an infomercial. And that's running. And as I'm doing another... You know, one of those TV shows that runs until you puke. You know, one of those late night PBS like rock and roll party things. I got one of those coming up. So I'm I'm like ad nauseum at the moment. So you know, I'm doing a 35 day British tour right after I've been to Eau Claire, and I'm fully on. You know, for somebody my age, but I saw Mick Jagger at a party the other day. The other day, you know, I was in Beverly Hills and he was at this party with Ronnie Ronnie Wood. And I was chatting a bit, and I realized I've been saying for years that Mick Jagger is my dad. Now he looks like my younger brother. <laughs> Probably. I need to do some Pilates or something, you know what I mean? Get fit again. So touring gets you fit, and i got more dates than him. <laughs> what do you? Last question for you. You think you guys are going to make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at some point? Oh, I hope not. You have to be dead or something, you know? No, I don't think... We never, ever looked at that. All we wanted to do was hear our songs on the radio. We don't want to be remembered as be, as being... We just want our following. We don't want any of those other people. They never... You know, the music business turned on itself. You know, there used to be that everybody who was in a band would be friendly with other people. Like, the Beatles loaned us their gear and stuff like that. Nowadays, people just... Uh, uh, angry at other bands who make it or jealous or envious you know we came up in a different time where everybody knew each other and you didn't have to like my records but you had to like me exactly so, you know i mean we we were friends with the stones they, they were they, they weren't required to like my records now everybody you know it just changed i mean john lennon once said to me like out of nowhere and i was just a kid he goes Hey, Hermit. I was called Hermit, not Herman by John Lennon. <laughs> hey, Hermit, I see your record is uh, number one in America. And I said, thank you. It was the stupidest thing I ever said in my life. Thank you. But he had nothing to do with it being number one in the record in America. But I mean, thank you for mentioning it. And, of course, he gave me that look and said, uh, have a great life. And then he said, who are you? <laughs> wow. Oh, the stories. I, I, if I had you for another hour or two, I would just love to deep dive on the stories, but I, we'll, we'll leave it at that. P. 
Peter Noon, Herman's Hermit starring Peter Noon at the State Theater, the Eau Claire Regional Arts Center, downtown Eau Claire. And if you if you don't mind saying a quick hello to our, we have a job shadow here from our local college who is learning about going into radio right here. She's listening in to see how it works. So uh, say a quick hi to Allison sitting here. Hello, Allison. Going to radio is the greatest thing. The greatest thrill in my life was in August the 7th, 1964, when I heard Herman Sermit's I'm Into Something Good on the radio. And I about fainted. It was the most exciting moment in my life because I said, I'm on the radio now with Edward R. Murrow and the Beatles and Roy Orbison and Elvis Presley. I joined them in this sort of magnetic world. This was before satellites were even thought about. Wow, thank you. Radio is great. I love it. I'm in my car listening right now. That's perfect. Yeah, the radio is very awesome. Thanks. I think you just convinced I think you just convinced her to take a career in radio. So thank you very much. Peter Noon, thank you for chatting with us and enjoy the uh, time in Eau Claire next week. Yeah, great. It's great talking to you, Keith. Take care. Have a good one. That was a fun interview with Peter Noon from 2016. By the way, to follow up the job shadow you heard towards the end of that interview, did she pursue a career in radio? Uh, I uh, Last I checked, pursuing a career in television, but it is broadcasting, so could be radio in the future. We'll see. Now we fast forward to today and the Christmas interview with Peter Noon on the occasion of an old English Christmas. Peter Noon returning to Eau Claire, Pablo Center. Here's that interview from December of 2021 with Peter Noon. We're talking today with Peter Noon of Herman's Hermit starring Peter Noon coming back to Eau Claire, this time with a Christmas show, an old English Christmas on December 18th. It's a 7.30 p.m. show. Now, the last time I talked with you was in February of 2016, and you were coming in with your your Herman's Hermit show, uh, regular show, not the Christmas show. And I remember I talked to you about a new performing arts venue that was about to be constructed. It's finished. It's been up for three years. It is called, you know, it's Pablo Centers where you're going to be performing. And it is incredible. It is worth the wait. I'm excited. Yes. You're going to love this place. Pablo um, Center, yeah. Pablo Center. And, you know, it's, it's a lucky, it's a lucky uh, name for me, Pablo. So I think that's going to be good for me. The whole thing is going to be good. And, you know, all my songs are like sing-along songs. And they could be, you could call Henry VIII the Carol, really, couldn't you? You, go, you could. People, all the boys and girls sing along with it. So I'll probably do that. I'm into something good is like a Christmas song. A Wonderful World is like a Christmas song. And we're going to do When a Child is Born and Oh Holy Night and, uh, you know, Jingle Bells and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And uh, it's going to be, we have loads of fun at Christmas. We, we have a guy, we have one of the band dresses up as Santa Claus. One, I'm not telling you which one, just a couple of them dress as elves. And I go on as Peter Noon. Hmm. The playing the character Peter Noon is Peter Noon, once again. <laughs> exactly. Funny how the, yeah. uh, the, the archetype works just perfect for that. Where did you get the idea for an old English Christmas? You know, um, we we did a show um, in Clearwater, Florida, and we just for fun. It was near Christmas, and we we bought those costumes like in a little store, and I wore a top hat and a and a scarf, and we went on as, and did a Christmas. We did about four Christmas songs, 
And people loved it. They sang and, you know, because... I don't know if you remember, when I was a little boy, Christmas was all about music and singing and, you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And and it was all that kind of, everybody joined in and sang along. And, and so, then it went serious. And we thought the old English tradition of, you know, everybody singing along works really well for Herman Sermon. So all our songs are sing-along songs, aren't they? You know, right. so, so the whole idea of, you know, having just dressing up as in Christmas clothes and having beautiful, I mean, there's some beautiful Christmas songs, you know, and they, you know, we don't do the, be- we do, we do jingle bells as if we're the sex pistols, you know, sort of jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way <laughs> with an accent and, uh, you know, pretty heavy handed, but the audience sing along anyway. And we do Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and, and Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter as one song. It's sort of, the chords from Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter, the same chords as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And, um, you know, and, and listen, people, we do, do you hear what I hear? You know, it goes, listen, people, do you hear what I hear? <laughs> Only I sing it better than that, but it's morning here. This is the earliest I've ever been up in my life. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's at the crack of dawn but, here. You know, it's... The idea just came to us as we were in Florida and it was so un-Christmas feeling that we dressed up as Christmas and one of the guys went into like a funny little store and bought a Christmas elf outfit and we laughed and we, you know, like little boys backstage, we laughed as he got the elf outfit on and then we said, you need to get an elf outfit. So so then we have two elves and then Santa Claus showed up ready to go. So, and he had a pillow he doesn't need the pillow anymore for the <laughs> stomach. He's got a stomach that's big enough now to fit. <laughs> you know, because for some people, that two years of being real hermits uh, gave of... them the COVID-19 pounds. Right, 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 right. Yes, exactly. Um, what What is your favorite Christmas song? You could perform one song only. What's it, what's it going to be? I think When a Child is Born. Mm. I think it's just a beautiful idea, you know. It's a beauty. It's a great little song. You know, I think I had it by Johnny Mathis, and 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 I had it by Sinead O'Connor, and I and I found a new way to sing it. So I just do it, just me and the piano. That's it. <laughs> nice. And people just listen. You know, and it's one of those that you don't sing along to because you don't know it, and you listen to it, and the words are very poignant, and I like it. And and I also like Oh Holy Night. I think we do a good version of that. We all sing that. And Silent Night, we all, everybody in the band joins in on those ones. And then the audience always dreaming of a white Christmas. You know, they always are. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we And I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will we're be white ho- in Eau Claire. Well, we're hoping so because we have about maybe an inch on the ground at this point. We just got some snow over the weekend, and it, it, it's been fairly dry. Like, to, today's actually, like, the first really cold, windy, like, hardcore winter day, but literally today, and it's been forever since we had that. We're like, I hope we have a white Christmas, but I'm, we still got a few weeks, so by the time you get here, I'm sure we'll have some more snow on the ground. Well, I, I like it because it, it sort of sets the tone. You know, and our poor old Santa Claus, if he's got all those clothes on and it's not snow, I mean, poor guy. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> he's got the matching beard and everything, same color as snow. Looks a little looks a little different if it's going around brown trees and such. Um, what what was your favorite Christmas tradition growing up, and what's your favorite Christmas tradition today? And maybe it's the same thing. 
It is the same thing. You know, when, when I grew up, I grew up in, a, in this um, very close-knit family. Everybody lived within five miles of each other. And it, just the way it was in, you know, after the war. And I was born in 1947, and from like 1950, I remember all the Christmases were at my grandmother's house. <laughs> and my grandmother was the choir mistress of the local church. You could call it choir mistress back then. <laughs> and uh, my grandfather was the organist at the church. And they knew hundreds of songs. And we do Irish melodies and Italian melodies. And my dad had a trombone and his brother had a trumpet. And I was most of all the little dancer and singer, lead singer. I was the lead singer even then. Mm -hmm. And they had to tell me not to sing so loud because we all couldn't hear the others. And um, every it was traditional that we would all, at Christmas, everyone would show up at my grandmother's house. She was like the matriarchal person of the family and she would feed everybody and they would drink sherry i think was the drink at christmas not rum and uh, they'd drink a few sherries and then their singing became much better <laughs> a little looser and, uh, yeah 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 you know a bit more bit more uh, dramatic <laughs> and in the irish version of it so and we'd sing all kinds of songs you know my uh, my auntie mary Play, could play uh, Fats Waller, mm. and we do my very good friend the Milkman said, which isn't a Christmas song, but just the fact that everybody was in on it and singing and standing around, and it was there was a fire and all all the stuff that is talked about in Christmas songs. And you know we were we would we would do the mid, at, then at midnight it was like a big treat that me and my sister and all our nephews and nieces were allowed to stay up to go to midnight mass in the local where my grandfather was the organist. And he, you know what? He played better after a fruit sherry. <laughs> uh, and and they they all thought that each other was better looking as well. So um, we would go to midnight mass and we'd do that and we'd sing again. And then we then, then then you know I can't remember what happened after that. I think we were we went home, went to bed, trying to wait up for Santa Claus. You know, really traditionally English, traditional. That's that's. The only way, and and still today, we still sort of live that same thing. We we go to a, we go with our friends, and we sing all. We have a Christmas dinner, and we sing all the Christmas songs together on Christmas Eve, and then we go home and wait for Santa Claus, which is delivered in a van now. <laughs> well, Santa has modern <laughs> technology for doing that. Exactly. Don't, don't, exactly. Don't need reindeer to go flying on that. Um, my a few years ago, my wife knowing that I'm somewhat of an Anglophile, got a, a book called London Cookbook. And oh. I've been pondering making something dessertish English around the holidays. Mm. Now, I know London, Manchester, I mean, there, there are varieties, but there's, there's English and then there's, you know, subcultures and such. What is your favorite holiday food and or, and this might be a two-part question, What's like the best English thing to make for an American to make for the holidays? Well, I can only, my grandmother made a, a rum plum, plum pudding. It was like, there was a plum somewhere in it. There was a lot of rum in it. <laughs> and <laughs> it was called a rum plum pudding. And I was, loved that. And she also made, just for Christmas, she would make treacle toffee. And I don't even know what treacle toffee is. But I remember she would hit it with a hammer. She'd make it in a pan. 
And then it was like this big moment when all the kids would sit around and then she would hit this big can of treacle toffee and it would break up and you would hope you could get a big piece before your big old ugly nephew grabbed it. And it was like uh, all in. Treacle toffee was the thing. And I don't even know what it is. Is it just sugar? Maybe. It kind of sounds like it, especially if it got that hard and the sugar hardens. It probably is loads of sugar in there. I think there was loads of sugar and everything. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what the Commonwealth delivered to England every day. You know, tea for a while and the cutty sock, and then it was like overnight sugared. Everything with sugar was rationed when I was a kid. You know, we had a ration book with so much sugar and so much petrol and so much cigarettes. And of course, my dad gave me his sugar ration for my for the tobacco and the alcohol <laughs> ration. <laughs> It was a different era, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there wasn't this. There wasn't this abundance of stuff that there is. You know, God has created this massive new abundance of stuff for everybody, and uh, you know, doesn't share it around properly. You know, some places don't get enough. But I remember when we were kids that it was a big treat. Everything was a treat. You know, 1953, I saw my first banana. Huh. There weren't any bananas in England until 1953. Wow. And it was bright green. <laughs> my, my grandmother said, don't eat it now. I was going to say, that would have thrown you off a little bit to open that thing up and have, nah, ugh, no, not quite yet. You wouldn't know to wait till it gets yeah. yellow, of course. You'd have to wait a bit. Oh, it went, very quickly went yellow in England because, you know, we put, take that banana off the ship after it's been on the ship for six weeks coming to England. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. It's going to ripen yeah. pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> wh- as you've been going around performing, and would, would, you mentioned COVID-19 earlier and taking time off, and now that you're performing again, what are the, and I've asked this of just about every artist I've, I've interviewed um, who's gotten, gotten back on tour over the past several months, what are the crowds like now compared to before the pandemic began? Well, I think there's a stored up um, energy um, and, and music, you know, since time began, music has always been the thing that sorts people out, I think. You know what I mean? I can't imagine my life as a kid without music everywhere, you know, rock and roll music and all kinds of music and West Side Story and, and the sound of music and the King and I and, and the Beatles. You know, there's always, always music around it and it always settled us down. And I think... At Christmas, when you get everybody in the room for the same purpose, it is a different kind of magic. You know, I always find every every show is different to me. You know, I say to my don't plan too much for the how the show's going to go because they're all different, and I refuse to have a set list because then everybody sort of gets into some formula. You know, and they start just turning the pages like a symphony orchestra, just turning the pages, and I, I just deliver it all freshly and different and not in the same order. And now we're going to do this. And then we'll, and, and consternation reads to the audience as enthusiasm. So, you know, the, the band are looking at me like looking enthusiastic, but really they're going, what, what is he going to do next? And, um, and that gives us this sort of special, like it would be in somebody's house. And, you know, when you go to a Chris Herman's Hermits, everybody in the place will have paid to see Peter Noon and Herman's Hermits. 
they will, you know, so they're already they're already planning to have a good time because they know that there's going to be Henry VIII and there's a kind of hush and I'm into something good and a bit of Rudolph the Red Nose right there and Jingle Bells and, you know, I think it's going to be traditionally people when they gather have a good time and that English theory of people singing along has caught on big time in, in America, big time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think when I got here, the only thing that everyone sang was it was like, take me out to the ball game. <laughs> but I think people have grown up. The, the music from the 60s drew people into a much better musical place because it was all, 60s music was romantic and dancing and boy meets girl. Do you know what I mean? And those are traditionally, those are great get-together things. Right. Well, you know, we can all share the same, we can all sh- share the same outcome. You know, we've all lived the same outcome. We, we And, you know, I remember that I had this record called I'm Into Something Good out at the same time as The Eve of Destruction. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that I was I got it right. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an optimistic approach, and I love that. And thankfully, we can all come together for these shows and have a good time. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing these shows. Hey, um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin for a few days there. so That's right, yeah. I know you're going to be down what, in Cedarburg, which is right. Uh, I, I used to live right in, in Grafton right next door back when I was a kid back, uh, oh, gosh, a while back. So that's that's a beautiful area down there. I, you're going to love it around the state uh, again. I mean, you've been here innumerable times. And, yeah, you. I remember you were talking about hockey last time you were. I talked to you back yeah. in 2016. Um, hopefully everything will still be frozen enough that maybe you can hit up hit up a rink or something or a pond or something like that. But yeah, you, you, lacrosse. I'll go on lacrosse and play. Nah, I'll go all over. Nice. I'm going to drive the whole thing myself. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to the whole trip of being a glamorous event. It'll be great. Isn't that weird. It, <laughs> I'm a strange person. You know that. I look forward to every concert like it's the first one I ever did. That's a great approach. I love it. So you're I, you're going to love it here even more. And again, take a walk around and check out how Claire's changed in the last six and a half years. Peter Noon, thank you so much for taking time to chat and talk about Christmas traditions and everything. Have a great time in Eau Claire. Have a great time on tour. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And the same to you, Luke. God bless you. Thanks. I look forward to seeing you up there in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> Bingo. Got it just right. Thank you very much. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Another fun, fun interview with Peter Noon. Now, if you want to know what he's doing, go to his website, PeterNoon.com. Peter Noon, that's N-O-O-N-E.com. All sorts of information there. He is very active on social media. So you follow him on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. He's there. An absolute blast to follow. I would strongly recommend it. That's the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do a lot of these interviews. You can listen to and, in some cases, watch these interviews. You go to the Greatest Hits 98.1 YouTube channel or go to GreatestHits98.1.com. Where it's the top of the page, it says features. Put your mouse over that. It says interviews. Click there, and you can, again, listen to and, in some cases, watch these interviews that I do and my coworker John Murphy occasionally does. Also, for this podcast, you can find it on a lot of podcast platforms. Subscribe to it so you find out about new episodes when they happen. And preferably rate it higher. That will spread the word around. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.